This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back into Tapped Out. Brendan Tobin's in Miami. Sean Levine here in Kansas City. And let's head out to Las Vegas where Nick Kalikas joins us, host of On the Line on UFC Fight Pass and the risk supervisor at Cir- Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. And I-, I was just there, Nick. For people that haven't actually been there, how do you describe it? Because it's got to be one of the best places on earth. <laughs> you know what? I mean, obviously, I'm going to be biased because I work there, but it really is. It's uh, considered to be the world's largest sports book. I mean, the screens, the atmosphere, the seating, everything is top notch, really, when it comes to uh, the circus sports book. So if you guys have not been at the circuit book and you're in Vegas, you're missing out big time. So I would recommend going for sure. Tonight, of course, UFC back in action. You got Giga, Giga Chikata, easy for me to say, in the main event, taking on Calvin Cater. Is big money coming in on either guy right now? Well, this was interesting. The market price opened around a buck seventy, buck seventy-five. We opened around minus two ten, two fifteen at circa, and we immediately got sharp action on the favorite Giga Chikadze, and it got raised up to about minus two thirty-five, minus two forty. But then at that spot, we did see resistance coming in on the underdog. Some sharp action came in recently on the dog Cater too at that price. So right now we're settled around minus two hundred. The comeback at plus one seventy-five. Man, this should be a fun fight. Both these guys like to strike, and that's what we all want to see, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's been exciting. We've been waiting for this kind of an action of this and this uh, type of fight, Nick, like, do you look at a matchup like this? Do you like to go and bet method? Like we're a big, uh, we're big on that. We like to try and figure out not only who's going to win, but how they're going to win in a matchup like this, where you have two strikers, insanely fun. How much do you like getting into, into that kind of uh, that kind of playground of, of how they're going to go about getting the win? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's, it's tough because I, I said on a few shows too, at, at the current price, you know, it's not easy to, to kind of lay the chalk against a, a quality guy like Cater. So you do look at some of the other spots, like some of the other props possibly. And if you feel like this fight has a tendency to go the distance, then maybe you bet fight goes the distance, or maybe you bet uh, Cater. If you like the underdog spot, get a little bit more value and bet him possibly by um, decision or possibly a late finish as well. Cause I think that's kind of the narrative out there as well. So yeah, in a spot that's kind of tough to actually bet the straight line, then a lot of people do look at the props and of course they don't hesitate to throw a chalky, you know, fighter in a parlay either. Talking with Nick Kalikas here, risk supervisor at Circus Sports in Las Vegas. So we got fighting tonight, UFC. We've also got NFL playoff action. How much action do you think we'll see on the UFC tonight, considering you haven't seen the Octagon in a month? I think we're going to see a lot. And a lot of it was what you touched on too. It's the NFL playoffs, right? The playoffs are going to get ready to, to roll here um, today. You know, everything kind of kicks off and, and the games are underway as this uh, is being on air right here. Right. So a lot of uh, action, a lot of recreational action is going to come in. Um, I think more than ever, actually, because the attention is obviously going to be on NFL, NFL trumps all, but the UFC, man, people love to bet. And there's a lot of crossover fans that, that are betting NFL, that are betting basketball, that look at the board for the UFC and just start firing away. So I think that's going to kind of give an uptick for us as far as recreational action, which is always welcome for sure. 
Nick, uh, we even we got a big one coming up next week in France and Ghana versus Cyril Ghana. This is so even between both of these guys, but I'm curious. Does uh does the noise outside of Francis Ngannou, like all this drama that's surrounding him, does that move anything at all? The idea that he's talking about he doesn't want to fight past this deal. Like, do people buy into that at all as far as it, or is it just straight up matchup? Well, I mean, as we're talking right now, the line continues to climb up for the gone side, right? So a lot of people are surprised that Ngannou is the underdog here. But this is a quality fight. This is one of the best heavyweight fights I think we've ever had the pleasure of kind of, you know, checking out. I mean, let's see how it lives up to the hype or not, but I think this is a pre-fight at least. This is one of the greatest heavyweight fights of all time. So yes, I think there's a lot of buzz and a, and a lot of concern, I guess, on the Engano side with that, because they're not sure exactly how focused he is. If he wants to stay in the UFC, I don't know if it's going to have an immediate impact. I think the public will come in and bet that side. I mean, let's face it. The guys like the Mike Tyson of MMA. I mean, this guy has crazy power. It doesn't matter if you're out pointing him or not. I mean, all it takes is one punch for him to definitely get you out of there. So it's hard to bet against a guy like that. But right now we are seeing some sharper action come in on gone over in Ghana right now. I mean, the technical, the technical side of it, I mean, usually technique does Trump power. So I think we're seeing some sharp action there, but make no mistake. I think the public, despite all the circumstances will come back in and bite on the Ngano side at the plus money. Nick, when you're in the trenches right out there in Las Vegas in the sports book, do you like the even money Ngannou fight like this? Or would you like the crossover fight? Let's say he takes on Tyson Fury and he's like a plus 650 or whatever it is. Like, which of those do you guys in the trenches enjoy more? Well, I mean, from a, honestly, from a pure betting perspective, I'd rather have the pure UFC fight like this. Like, I mean, this is a true fight for me. I mean, both these guys are talented, truly skilled. Now, don't get me wrong. We like some of the crossover fights because it brings so much attention to the table and the action. I mean, like you said, even the Jake Paul type of fights, right? Uh, I mean, those fights, we do a a decent handle for sure, more than people would probably expect. So crossover fights, if if we do get to see Ngano versus Fury, I mean, that's going to be huge. So the amount of attention it's going to bring into the book is going to be outstanding. So we do look at it and we like it from that perspective. But as far as a pure fight goes, I mean, a crossover fight like that, even though Ngano is a beast and he always has a puncher's chance, I mean, Tyson Fury is by far the better boxer. So it's going to be tough to kind of back Ngano in that spot, despite him having a puncher chance against anybody in the world, right? It's just a different sport. MMA is not boxing. So for me, I'd rather stick to the pure end of it and, and more of an evenly type matchup and r- rather book the action on that because gone and Gano, the handle is going to be extremely high for the heavyweight fight in the UFC as well. Brendan, he said your keywords. That's your guy, Jake Paul. Go ahead. He teed you up. Oh, ask, ask your Jake Paul question. You know you well, want to. Listen, listen. We've been uh, we've been talking about it because of his uh, his his beef. Although it seems like the guy that I thought he was going to end up fighting in Jorge Masvidal, he's got his next fight with Colby Covington coming on up. But like the idea of him crossing over to mixed martial arts this has been teased. Like it's got to be like it would be so lopsided even more so because you think about what it was when he came into boxing. I feel like if he's going into a whole new element, like. The, the, the type of underdog he would be going against anybody would be crazy. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it crossing over. I mean, he's just kind of figuring things out in boxing. He's getting better. You got to give him a lot of credit. I mean, he is definitely putting the work in. He, he got himself to become a decent boxer. So he's got that motivation. He's got that hunger. But if he crosses over to MMA, it's going to take a lot of work. I'm not saying he can't do it. But, I mean, to fight the upper tier fighters in the UFC is going to be very difficult. And he's going to be a huge underdog, no matter who they put him in there with. And he's wanting, you know, he's calling out some of the top dogs there. So not a good situation, I think, if he does cross over. But, I mean, the eyeballs will be on him no matter what he does. Obviously, he gets the clicks. He gets the attention. He gets the money. So, I mean, as far as money goes, there's no question that follows, you know, the Paul brothers either way. So you got to love that. Nick, do you remember back to like uh, when, you know, the most famous crossover fight we've had recently was Connor versus Floyd? Like, do you remember how it kind of went as far as the action was concerned? Because like 
you know, Connor has such a crazy following. I remember being there fight week and all of the Irish fans there, like, how does that affect uh, a fight like that in the action that comes in? I mean, we got drilled with Connor McGregor action for sure. I mean, the books were all heavy on McGregor action, the popular, I, I understand it's kind of a head scratcher now, especially looking back at it because Mayweather, the greatest, arguably the greatest boxer of all time, just a mismatch. Right. But in a situation like that, we know the sharps are going to bet Mayweather and that's exactly what happened. So the sharper betters were on the Mayweather side and then the public was all over Connor and we were buried with that public money though. So there wasn't as much, obviously sharp action to kind of outweigh it. And, and we did really well in a situation like that. So when it's kind of that lopsided and, and you, know you know the public's going to come in one way it's, it's a little bit easier to book fights but i mean there's always a concern because no matter what there could be a disqualification uh, there could be an injury in the cage you just never know exactly what can take place but more times than not the better fighter the more superior fighter like in a case like mayweather in his own sport is going to roll in a spot like that and it was competitive at first but in the end we made a lot of money honestly on mayweather we're talking with Nick Kalikas here, co-host of On the Line on UFC Fight Pass on Tapped Out on the BetQL Network. Speaking of McGregor, is he still that guy? Like, do you think when he comes back that he still gets that money because of the name Conor McGregor? Starting as far as the trust factor goes and the betters out there, I think they are starting to lose a little bit of trust. Now, again, as far as popularity goes, the eyeballs are going to be on him always. Even that, despite his little skid here, I think there's still going to be people that want to see him fight, win or lose for sure. So he still does have that kind of draw and that kind of star power for sure. But, I mean, his performances in the octagon have been a disappointment. So I think a lot of people are going to hesitate a lot more to bet him because a lot of people are thinking maybe, you know, he's hit that spot in his career where he's on the decline a little bit. You know, all that money he's got, he doesn't necessarily have to go out there and keep on going in the sport, right? I mean, so it could be any time where he could just decide to retire and be out. But that being said, I mean, McGregor does seem like he's interested in coming back and proving the public wrong and proving the doubters wrong. So anytime he fights is welcome. I mean, we get so much action. We get so much handle. And again, the attention that gets put on a Conor McGregor fights is phenomenal. So I still think he's got that draw at least. I was looking at the upcoming numbers, Nick, for the Masvidal Colby fight, and Colby's coming in as a heavy favorite. And Brandon and I were kind of texting back and forth during the week. I feel like that's just begging the public to bet on Masvidal because they want to bet on him. And if he's going to come in at that big of a dog, don't you think like 80% of the money, maybe that's exaggerating, like 65% of the money is going to come in on George? I do think so. As we get closer to fight time, I think that is going to be the case. And this line will probably drop back down. But honestly, I, I mean, I think the line opened around minus 190, the original uh, market price that came yeah. out there. And that was just too short. There's no way. I knew that it was going to be bounced up towards minus 300-ish for sure. Um, and I think that's pretty much the right spot. I mean, if you're going to have a line for this fight, I do think there's big advantages on the Cummington side, even though Usman – ended up knocking out uh, Masvidal and, and it's kind of fresh in people's mind as well. I still think there's the mystique there for obviously Masvidal to knock out a guy like Covington because he is the better striker, but I do think he might be losing a step or two. I mean, his last couple of performances haven't been that great. And Covington, despite losing to Usman, he's performed pretty well. I mean, Usman is just a tough out. Obviously he's dominating the division. He's on his way to arguably being one of the greatest welterweights of all time. So there's a lot to like there, but yeah, I do think the public will still side with Masvidal. He's got the name recognition and he does have the striking advantage, no matter what anybody says here. Uh, coming up next week, we also got a title fight between Brandon Moreno and Davidson Figueiredo, the uh, third fight between them. How much does that weigh into this one? Cause Moreno, the, the, the favorite right now, he got the win the last time around. So this is a, a fun little rivalry we have at flyweight. Uh, how are things kind of going with this one? 
Well, early action is coming in on Moreno, and I, you know what? You can't argue it. The way the fight kind of played out last time, I don't think this third fight is going to play out like that. Moreno ended up at dominating. He ended up finishing Figueredo. A lot of people were kind of shocked by the way that played out. So you're never as bad as your last fight or your last performance, but I do think that's still kind of fresh in people's minds, and that's why some betters are going to come in and bet the Moreno side. But again, I think he was underrated in both fights. You know, the lines were way too high in both matchups. Even though the first one was a controversial draw, he still overperformed the line and expectations for most right and then in the rematch obviously i mean he ended up dominating and that line was set too high so at this point of their careers he is a younger fighter i think he's got that confidence going for him i mean he kind of got over that mental hurdle that is a guy like figueredo figueredo is a monster he goes out there it basically was finishing everybody so that's kind of a, a tough mental spot to get over but he did do that so i think he's the rightful favorite here and the early action at least is backing moreno but like you guys said i think as we get closer to fight time there's going to be people coming in, biting on that dog money. I mean, because Figueredo is a killer. Last no one doubt. for you, Nick, and then we'll get you out of here. When John, if John Jones, when John Jones comes back, let's say he fights the winner of Nganu gone. Do you think John Jones comes as an underdog in that fight? I do. Um, I, I really do, because it is a step up to heavyweight. I mean, a lot of people are not going to think that he should be a dog to anybody because a lot of people view him as the GOAT. But to be honest with you, I mean, his last few fights, too, his last few performances at light heavyweight, I think weren't his best. So it's it's kind of for me, it's welcome to see him move up to heavyweight. He's been training, obviously, pretty hard. He switched camps. Um, he's filling out really nice. And as far as pure skill, technical skill, he trumps pretty much everybody. But if you're facing a guy like Ngano or Gone. I mean, they, they have that heavyweight power and they have the technique to go with it too. And Gano is more of a little bit more recognized as a brawler, but make no mistake, this guy has some technique to go with that too. And he's constantly improving. And then of course the gone matchup would be difficult for him because he is a very technical striker in that heavyweight division. So I think both guys would actually be a bad matchup for John Jones. It would be a competitive line, but I think he would be an underdog to both fighters. Nick Kaliki is co-host of On the Line on UFC Fight Pass. Bro, that's sick. Your show's on Fight Pass. How's that going? <laughs> oh, we love it, man. It's fun. I mean, for those of you guys that haven't checked out the show yet, I would urge you to do so. It was a lot of fun. Uh, me and Yanni the Greek and, of course, our host, uh, Brendan Fitzgerald, as well. We had a lot of fun. And, again, we give our best bets out there and, uh, you know, get you guys try to get everybody on the right track as well. And, like I said, we're picking up steam. A lot of people are really enjoying it. We have a lot of fun doing it. Also, the risk supervisor out there at Circus Sports, in my opinion, and should be everybody's fact the best sports book in the world, downtown Las Vegas. He is Nick Kalikas. Thanks for your time, Nick. Appreciate you, brother. No problem, guys. Enjoy the fights. Thank you. Yeah, take okay. care, Nick.